Every season is spooky season in our book. So settle in and prepare to be shook. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. Hey friends, I'm Amanda. And I'm Santa. And fun fact, we have some special guests on our show today. Yes, we do. Welcome. Speak of the devil, Kayla and Taylor. Welcome. Yay. Yeah. Yay. We're so excited. We're so Welcome excited. to the stew. <laughs> this is so many months in the making. I'm so excited to be here. This is the best day ever. Would you all like to tell our listeners a little bit about your show? Hi, we're Taylor and Kayla. We are from Speak of the Devil, and every week we review horror movies. So we like to recap all of your favorite classic and new horror films, and then we give our opinions on them, which are sometimes good and sometimes not, and it's always a good time. I have to say, um, I was listening to the menu one today, (laughs) and that was great. It was a good one. That yeah. was such a good movie. I'm a server and so I and I work in like a fine dining situation. So I like really I really appreciated how they were making fun of both sides of the coin. Oh yeah. Well, like, was it Tyler's yeah. bullshit? So hard. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Tyler's yeah, bullshit. Think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, they I made fun it. of everyone. It was so great. Being a server as well, it definitely scratched an itch for me. <laughs> I was like, you know, satisfied. Yeah. And then also some parts like made me so angry because I like had flashbacks to like that happening to me at work. But then just like getting satisfaction in some parts, it's just so good. Yeah. It was humbling for all. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I need to catch up. Was the last one you guys put out us or do you have a new one since then? So the most recent one we did was fall, which oh, was, I need to download that one. That one was so interesting because it was, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but it's basically a shot for shot remake of 47 meters down, except instead of okay. underwater, they're up <laughs> and it is so like, it's not exactly a horror movie. I'd call it more of a thriller. But I, my palms were sweating the whole time. It made me so scared and so nervous. So I really, I was excited to do it because it was a little different than what we usually do. But I I was horrified, even though it was not a horror. So it was, it was, it was definitely scary. I want to see yeah. that. I want to see it too. I'm I'm so glad that I listened to y'all's episode about dash cam. Is that what it's called? Dash cam? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I kept oh, seeing I it. I want to see that too. I saw it get suggested to me on, I think, Hulu or whatever platform it's on. And I was like, huh, interesting. But Taylor, I was like, after this commentary, I think I just saved <laughs> saved some yeah. time out of my life. Is it found <laughs> yeah. footage? I assume. Is it like all dash yeah. cam footage? It's, yeah, it's all found footage. Well, it's like, it's not really like a legit dash cam. It's like this lady who streams on Twitch while she's driving, like, in her car. So she's, like, filming herself, but she's also, like, a terrible person. And you, like, she's supposed to be the main, like, she is the main character. And typically in horror movies, you're supposed to really like them. So then you get attached. 
and then you get upset if something bad happens to them but you just I at least just disliked her so much that anytime anything bad happened I was like yeah (laughs) thank god yeah yeah it was wild it was uh yeah it was not not my favorite and the weirdest part was that she they modeled the character off of how she really is in real life and this was like prime like early 2020 right like early covid um and I guess she had like all kinds of opinions about covid that were not the popular opinions at the time and I don't know it was just it was very it was just very interesting it was yeah yeah interesting it's a good word right (laughs) (laughs) okay I really want to know the story behind speak of the devil I know Kayla you're not you didn't start out being super into horror films and Taylor, you're more of a connoisseur. And I want to know how that conversation went, who brought it up first and how did y'all decide to do this? Speak of the devil is Taylor's baby. 100%. Since I had worked at like a movie theater slash restaurant, like pre COVID, I worked there up until COVID happened. And then when it closed, I just moved away and then never went back because I hated it. But I'd see movies like as they came out. And there were a lot of people that I worked with that also have like an extreme love for movies in general. And, you know, just being able to talk with them about it and like stories about it and my favorite movies to work were always the horror movies because everyone's just so like loud and having a great time and of course like I would be a server so I'd and we'd provide service throughout the entire film so during the movie I have to go in and like bring you your food or like you know take your order or ask you for a refill and like scaring people and stuff (laughs) in the middle of it just from like creeping up on them on accident but it was always just so fun working those movies and talking about them and especially like the dumb horror movies that are just kind of there to make a quick buck are really fun and interesting to watch and then there's like the really good movies like the sixth sense that have like a really good story and plot twists and acting and characters and so I always really have enjoyed not only horror movies but talking about just movies in general and so once I started getting like I guess forcing slash like coaxing Kayla into watching horror movies with me then we'd watch a horror movie and then we'd like talk about it afterward like just us two being like oh my god like this part this part this part and then I don't remember exactly how but I think just the idea of like we should just start a podcast and if no one listens to it no one listens to it and then that's it (laughs) but like we'll have a place to like do it and I'll have a hobby (laughs) so let's just do it. Yeah, it's been fun getting exposed to horror movies little by little because I feel like I'm discovering now all these movies that people have watched and loved over the years and I just never saw. I think we talked about it when we reviewed Paranormal Activity. I just remember that being such a key movie of my middle and high school years that people would watch at like slumber parties and stuff like that and I just never I think the group of people I hung around with we just didn't really watch horror movies and I didn't grow up in a scary movie kind of family so I say it a lot and I but it really is true I think I had seen one horror movie before I met Taylor 
Um, and then I met Taylor and Taylor was like, I love horror movies. And I was like, I guess this is my new hobby now. And I ended up really liking it though. It, they're fun. And it is, it's like kind of rediscovering this whole new genre that I was just never exposed to growing up. So it's been fun for me, especially, like I said, like I was talking about earlier with Sixth Sense and stuff, like all these movies that are classics and I've just never seen. So it's fun to kind of discover them all for the first time. Y'all remember when we were chatting on Instagram right after you released Paranormal Activity and what happened? Oh, yeah. Didn't you have like something happened to you or someone, right? Oh, okay. Right. Yes. Okay. So I was in the middle of tidying up my home and the way my old house was set up was there was the kitchen and then there was the living room. And instead of it being completely open, there was like a cutout in the wall. So you could see from the living room into the kitchen and vice versa. And we had this shitty overhead fluorescent light, you know, the ones that just make you feel like you're in an office cube. Uh, and it was really annoying. So we always, always kept it off. So I was tidying and I was listening to your episode about paranormal activity, which at the time when it came out, I was like, damn, this is a good freaking movie. It scared the shit out of me when I first saw it. And so y'all are just talking about one of the pivotal moments in the movie. And right when that happens, my light, the shitty light turns on by itself. And I'm like 10 feet away from it by myself in my house and I freaked no. out big time. <laughs> no. <laughs> I believe I won't. <laughs> That's when it happens. Like, it'll be you're actively thinking about ghosts or some shit. And then something weird will happen every mm -hmm. single time. It's true. It happens to me here at my house where I live alone all the time. Like, on the last episode that we did where we had that really, really scary shook story that a mm -hmm. listener wrote in. Um, it was like very demonic. Um, I was so scared that night when we ended the podcast and I like got off the call with Amanda. I said jokingly in the podcast, well, I'm going to have to reckon with this later. <laughs> but like I really did have to reckon with it later because I was home alone in the yeah. night and like seeing shadows and stuff and like flickering lights and stuff. And I have this flickering light in my kitchen. It's like dimmable recessed lighting mm -hmm. and it just flickers all the time randomly. But it's this thing where like, I know why it does it. It does it whenever the heat comes on or the air kicks on or the microwaves on. It's like, it can't handle all that energy yeah. or something. Or it's but when it happens, I'm always like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, or it's a ghost. <laughs> or yeah. it's a ghost. Oh, we've had so many flickering lights. We had, I, I think I still have a, like a Snapchat story or something like that saved, but it had to have been years ago because we were living not the place we live now, but two places ago. So this was probably like 2020 maybe. And the light in the bedroom, that was like an overhead, so like a fan, like a light attached to a fan, it would just flicker on and off and on and off and on and off. It wasn't even like it would do it a couple times. Like we'd be in the room and it just going like constantly. And I was like, I don't know how to stop this. I don't know how to solve this problem. It was just constant. And I think we even changed the light bulb too, because that's the obvious answer is that the light bulb is going out, but it was the most random times. And it, we changed the light bulbs, nothing happened. It was still the same shit. And it would be like, it would oh go for God. months without doing it and then one day it would just be 
off the hook, like nonstop. So yeah, we, we moved out of there. So hopefully whoever lives oh there now God. is doing okay. <laughs> oh my, oh my gosh. Cleanse the space. I know. Y'all live in, Cal- y'all live in California, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Land of How do you lo- expensive rent. That scares me. Nashville is pretty expensive too now. Like there's a lot of people that move from California to Nashville, like constantly. It's like a thing because I guess it's cheaper for people from California. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. like comparatively. It's not cheap though. (laughs) It's not. We can uh, (laughs) hop into the sixth sense and if one of y'all want to take the lead to get started, that's cool with me. Cool. Yeah. I'll I'll do the usual stuff that we do. Oh whenever. yes, and we must have a Kayla question also. Yes, please. I have Liz. one all ready to go. I've Liz. been thinking about it all day. Don't worry, we've got it. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's fun because it's like an interview. You get to like pretend you're you're being yeah. interviewed by someone. You're like, well, <laughs> I love a prompt. Yes, like, yes. Mm-hmm. love a prompt. Okay, so. We've got The Sixth Sense. Uh, It was released in 1999. Uh, This is a thriller and a horror, which I didn't realize this was actually classified as a horror movie. Just thought maybe a spooky thriller, but it is. The ratings for it obviously are all really good. 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then the other random one that they added on Google was 88% on Just Watch. I don't know what that is, but it was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, it is starring Haley Joel Osment as Cole Sear, the little precious baby boy. Uh, Child star Bruce, of the 90s. Yeah. Bruce yeah. Willis as uh, Dr. Malcolm. Tony Collette, who I did not know was in this movie. I was very surprised. And then Donnie Wahlberg, another surprise star in this movie as Vincent Gray. So the budget for this movie was 40 million US dollars. And the question that I always like to ask Kayla, but I'll direct it to all of you, is how much do you think it made in the box office? Oh my god. Uh, 180 million. No. <laughs> Way more than that. More? More? This movie was like a cultural phenomenon when it came out. Mm-hmm. Nominated for Oscars as well. I'm honestly going to say like 300 million. It's because way more than that. <laughs> more? Yeah. Holy all shit. Right, all right. 800 million. Oh. A little less than that. It is. I'm okay. just going to tell it. It's $672.8 million. Jeez. Holy cow. A lot of moolah. Wow. That is amazing. Yep. They made their money back on that one. Mm-hmm. They sure did. Yeah, they really they did. did. Uh, and then I can give a summary if you guys want. And then we can kind Please. of Oh, yes. Talking. Yes, Lord. So this one's short and sweet. So a frightened, withdrawn Philadelphia boy who communicates with spirits seeks the help of a disheartened child psychologist the sixth sense beautiful i love it okay i would love to kick us off with a kayla's question please do so i want to know if you could have a sixth sense but you can't pick anything to do with 
like nothing paranormal. You can't like communicate with ghosts, but you can have a sixth sense. What would you pick? So for example, Taylor and I were talking about this earlier and I said, I would want to be able to talk to our dog. I would want to be able to like talk to animals. Um, Taylor said that they would want to be able to sense when there are pickles nearby. I don't that know. That was a joke. That was <laughs> okay, a joke. Well, I I thought it was a good example. So I want to know what y'all's sixth sense would be. Santa? I would love it if I could like summon money. Oh, is that a that's sixth sense? That's such a good one. Like, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I slick already do that. Um, <laughs> but, but like on a larger scale, please. The lottery numbers. I like it. Oh, yeah. oh you can sense yeah, the lottery, lottery numbers. numbers. That's such a good one. Yeah. That would summon I like it. all the things. Kayla, yeah. I'm with you on the pets thing. I, I talk to fun. my cats. <laughs> Right. Like I talk to them and I like to think that they understand me. My cats are a lot like dogs. They're trained. They know what the word hungry means. They come to their bowl. Do you want to go outside? They jump in their cat stroller. Yes, my cats have a cat stroller. (laughs) And all the words, they just know what I mean. But I wish, I wish I could hear their thoughts in their head. So bad. I just, I want to know what goes on inside our dog's head. I, I just want to, I don't even need to communicate with him. I just want to know what he thinks about. Do you think there's just elevator music playing 24 seven in his head? <laughs> it's like the bikini bottom music. Yeah. It's the song that plays at the end of every SpongeBob episode during the credits. That's what yes. I get happens in his head all the time. Okay. So six cents. <sighs> Sorry. Tangents for days. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I will start us off by saying that something I really loved was that it's very much psychological horror, but they also started us off with a bang with that kind of like home invasion scene, which literally freaked me out. Um, I mean, I know it's like it's deeper than just a, you know, the stranger style home invasion, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, the whole like window being broken and the phone being off the hook. And then there's that moment of suspense and tension as the camera kind of pans towards the bathroom. I really I was a little nervous during that scene and I was surprised. I really liked how they did that just right off the bat. There was they were celebrating his award that he had gotten for his work. Mm-hmm. The irony of it is there's a child that a grown child that thought that he had been failed by him and that's he why had he, some complaints. He had some complaints. <laughs> he wrote a one-star review. <laughs> yeah. He really wrote a one-star review and he said, "Uh-uh, no sir. I am messed up and yeah. for that you will pay." And yeah. so what happens then, Kayla? So, I mean, this was the days before you could review your therapist online. So instead, he breaks in and uh, hangs out in his bathroom, and uh, and yeah, he um, he talks about how he was failed by him, and he ultimately shoots him, um, and then shoots himself, um, and then we kind of get this just sort of like pan out, and and we sort of switch scenes to to a year later. Yeah, and uh, yeah. he's kind of like stalking a little boy, <laughs> weirdly. <laughs> And uh, we see Dr. Malcolm or Malcolm, like, 
taking notes about a potential, I guess, subject, client, I don't know how you would like describe it, of Cole Sear. He's uh, nine years old, I believe, and who his story parallels a lot with Vincent, who was the guy who shot him. And he basically has made it his like mission to like, you know, do right by Cole as a way to like repay Vincent in like the afterlife type deal. So he's like following Cole while he Cole's like running around basically. And then this is when they end up in a church, right? Mm -hmm. They're in a church. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. child really just like runs around New York by himself, like (laughs) all over the place by himself. These streets. Yeah. He's a whole adult. (laughs) Yeah. This was, I mean, that's the scariest. Yeah. Yeah. That's the scariest part of the whole movie is these are the days when your child could just roam around the city and you didn't have to worry about it. But yeah, he follows him into this church. And we loved this scene because Cole is obviously very smart, right? Very, um, I don't know what the word would be exactly, sort of like an empath maybe a little bit, but he's very smart and he's very beyond his years. Um, And he starts quoting Latin. He's playing with his little toy soldiers. And uh, the doctor asks him about it. And he's he says, I can't remember his exact quote, but he says something along the lines of like, it's Latin. Have you heard of it? And I love that line so much. <laughs> it's like I know it's what I've heard of it. <laughs> Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh we're so it it sort of starts to become clear that um Malcolm's going to be working with Cole, helping him out. Um, His mother's concerned about him in social situations. Um, His father has left. His parents are are divorcing or have divorced. Um, And Cole is kind of going through it. So um, Malcolm is is going to try to help him out. And it it also sort of becomes clear that um, he reminds Malcolm very much of uh, Vincent, who is the boy who showed up in Malcolm's house that night. Um, so he, I, I think he sort of thinks that if he can help Cole, that that will sort of be helping Vincent in a way and kind of repaying him for the, the perceived failure. And at the same time, we're also getting this like glimpse of Malcolm and his marriage to, I don't know, do we ever find out what his wife's name is? Probably. Anna. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Him and Anna's relationship, I guess, has kind of fallen apart because now he's he's still very much so putting his work first before her. And so we're seeing glimpses of them being really distant and not like communicating at all. And uh, she's seemingly not talking to him, ignoring him. I think at somewhat at after he meets up with uh after Malcolm meets up with Cole for the first time it's their anniversary and he's like late for the dinner she's like already basically eaten dessert and ready to go and uh he's like talking to her and she's completely ignoring him she's fed up I would say (laughs) yeah yeah so so Cole is having trouble at school um he's he's having trouble with bullies he's having trouble in social situations stupid Tommy Tomasino and that 
cold syrup yeah tommy tomasino that cough syrup commercial (laughs) i love that um but yeah uh yeah his his mother's finding kind of these odd marks on him so she's assuming that he's being bullied he's getting pushed around at school and he gets invited to a birthday party, um, not willingly. Uh, the parents force them to uh, invite Cole, but he gets invited to this birthday party. It's kind of one of the first times that we're really seeing that something is very different about about Cole, um, because he kind of climbs up the staircase and he's hearing these noises coming from like a cupboard or would you call that like an attic or sort of like a spiral staircase. And then at the very top, there's a door. So I don't know what you would call that, that room up I, there. I wonder if it's a dumbwaiter. The that's little that's possible. thing. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Well, he, he walks up there. He's going to get a balloon. It looks like that is kind of floated up there, but as he's walking up, he's hearing shouting and kind of banging at the door, which is, as we know, very, very typical paranormal activity. We love banging at cupboard doors. Uh, we saw some of that in Winchester too. Um, so he, uh, yeah, he hears kind of this banging and that causes him to climb up a little further and and investigate more, which is probably not the best idea on his part. And someone's like screaming or I guess yelling to be like, let out, like open this door. Mm-hmm. Open this door right now and trying to get let out. And he's kind yeah. of spooked by it. And then, of course, the bullies see him and decide to pounce on him, and they shove him in this little dumbwaiter closet little area. And he's screaming and crying and banging, trying to get out. It's so sad. It's so sad. And and then his mom, the beautiful Toni Collette, saves him and pulls him out, and he Mm -hmm. has passed out. They don't know... They don't think it was a seizure. He's at the doctor's. Uh, and the doctor is actually M. Night Shyamalan himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't he, know that. He hated. Yep. Yeah. He hated. He does a all cameo in every movie like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He hated yeah. all of his lines. He hated all everything that all of his scenes. He just didn't like it. So he his the scenes that he's actually in, they're supposed to be so much more. And he like cut down like significantly all of his lines and what he was supposed to be in. So I'm just curious what more this doctor was supposed to say about poor Cole. Right. (laughs) That's a good bit of trivia there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So the doctor is also concerned about the marks that are on Cole. Um, They bring in a social worker, of course, because they're concerned about you know, potential abuse. Um, and Tony Collette is like, you think I'm hurting my child? And he's like, well, we're going to ask you some questions anyway. So I think this is where it starts to become more obvious as well, that there's something physical going on as well that is at least seemingly not abuse. So there's something to do with that too. So that's something that we're we're keeping an eye on at this point. Um, it's So it's after this kind of seizure or not seizure incident that Cole finally admits to Malcolm his his secret his kind of big secret that he's been keeping from him which is where we get this legendary line that we all know would anyone like to say it I see dead people I love it yeah I'm ready to tell you my secret 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he tells him that he sees dead people and he says that he sees ghosts, but that they walk around like they're living and they don't know that they're dead. And I will say this is where I probably should have had an inkling that this, you know, big twist was coming, but I still didn't. I really didn't see it coming. They did a really yeah. good job of fusing Malcolm into the environment in a seamless way. They never showed him actually interacting with anybody, but Mm -hmm. the instances that they showed him in these environments with other people, it wasn't situations where he really needed to interact with anybody Mm -hmm. other than Cole. So watching it today, um, I watched it through the lens of already knowing the twist Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't seen it in so long. So I was like looking and you really can see very clearly watching it when you already know what the twist is. You can see very clearly where it's kind of obvious, but like if you don't know the twist, you're not going to notice those things. Um, yeah. those little like yeah. nuances. Right. Well, fun fact, I never actually got the f- true experience of watching The Sixth Sense for the first time because it came out when I was just a little kid and my parents were super strict about what we consumed on the TV and I didn't think I was going to get to watch it and so my cousin Jenna who's up in Chattanooga she came down for the summer for a couple weeks and she got to watch The Sixth Sense and I was so jealous (laughs) and she was telling me oh it's so good it's so good but I don't want to spoil it for you because you'll get to watch it and I said my mom is not gonna let me watch this film well she told (laughs) me what happened and then you got spoiled mom comes around the corner she said what She's like, what are y'all talking about? And uh, I was like, oh, this movie, The Sixth Sense, it sounds really cool, but I know you wouldn't let me watch it. So she goes, let's get it. It sounds good. And I was like, yes, Amy. <laughs> For the love of Pete. That is, of so all mad. films, to have spoiled for your whole life, you never, ever, ever get to see it without, oh my gosh. Like, that's my biggest Regret, my biggest regret of all time. <laughs> the Sixth Sense is arguably M. Night Shyamalan's uh, definitive Shyamalan twist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah. yeah. Well, even, like, how well they stage it with, like, how you were saying, like, how every... He doesn't really interact with things and the situations that he's in where, you know, like, how he's out to dinner with his wife... Like, they stage it in a way that it makes sense that, like, oh, she's just upset with him. That's why she's not talking to him. Like, whatever. And, like, even then, like, she still says something that you assume is, like, her actually talking to him. And, I mean, I guess Happy she is. But just in the Yeah, in the afterlife. But even I had found out that, so Bruce Willis, he's left-handed. But any of the scenes that we see him, like, a close-up writing anything down in his notebook he's using his right hand and he did that on purpose. He like taught himself how to write with his right hand so that when the camera is focused on it, you wouldn't notice that he's not wearing a wedding ring because that's one of the oh biggest, like that's kind of God. that big thing that where you find out like he's not wearing a wedding ring. I was like, Oh, the little thing that yeah, is, never would have we don't heard. notice that yeah. at all. He doesn't yeah. even, his character doesn't even notice that he isn't wearing his ring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are even these kind of scenes that 
right in hindsight aren't super important to the actual plot but then there's this whole sort of almost side story where it it seems like his wife is having an affair or maybe about to start an affair um and when you're watching it in the movie you're like they are drifting apart this is terrible she's gonna start an affair like he's gotta come get his girl um but then you look back and you realize that was her starting to move on um which is so wild i don't know i i've i talked about this when we reviewed us i love a good movie that has me going back and thinking about the whole movie over again I love that. So yeah, it was it was very well done. And like I said, it caught me by surprise. There was something that I that I picked up on when I was watching that I really wanted to mention that I thought was beautifully done with the camera work and just the staging of the shots for this. There's a scene. I don't remember what happened before the scene, but Malcolm comes in to this building. And um, I don't remember if it was a church or whatever. He comes into this building and Cole is up on the stairs, like balcony stair area. Mm -hmm. Cole is up on the balcony and he's playing with his army guys. Mm -hmm. And he's like looking down at Malcolm and he's like, it's almost like he's condescendingly asking him like, not necessarily condescending, but maybe patronizing in a way, um, asking him, do you want to come play with these with me Mm -hmm. and that just the way that the camera is like tilted up at Cole in that moment and then down at Malcolm that's when the shift happens where I think that Cole realizes that he was that he's dead and Cole knows Cole didn't I don't believe that Cole knew that he was talking to someone dead the whole time but I think that there was a shift Mm -hmm. Um, and that is where Cole for sure knows that he's dealing with someone that he has to help. So it's yeah, no longer yeah. like him seeking the help from my, from Malcolm. He has to help Malcolm. Um, yeah. I and agree. I thought I it was it. beautiful how they like just showed that without telling it. Yeah. And it was very, very subtle, but. And I yeah, think that's the camera starting point. I think that's the starting point too, where he finally, like, we start to see him actually start to help other, like, lost mm-hmm. souls. Mm-hmm. Like, with, um, mm-hmm. I think it's soon after that that he start. he goes to um, the funeral of this girl that, I, I don't know how he knew Kira. her. Just because, yeah, I don't know if he actually knew her, like, in real life, or yeah. if it was just that, like, I don't think her, so. Oh, no, her, she, he woke up and he saw her. Yeah, she he, came into she, the tent. Like, yeah, she came to yeah. him as as a spirit, but I don't think he knew her in in yeah life. That's what it was. I yeah. was like, how did mm-hmm. he get to this funeral? But yet he <laughs> woke up and saw her, and she was like basically like throwing up and sick. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of when he decides that he's gonna go and he goes to the reception at, at the, the funeral at her home and is sneaks into her room and then finds that box of basically like her story of what was happening to her and then it's so sad because her dad is watching this video of her at the funeral like with all of everyone around and that's when he finds out that her stepmother was poisoning her and that's why uh that's why she died and she had a younger sister so she basically saved her little sister in the afterlife because of that 
And, and she was already kind of, starting to poison the little sister yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of had that, like, once, I think at the very beginning when Cole walks in to the, like, reception, you hear, like, people gossiping in the background at a funeral, which is so tacky. And they're saying, like, yeah, and the little one's already sick. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> there's something yeah. wrong here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. did you guys the notice? Of it all. Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice? Um in that scene particularly, but throughout the film, the color red pops up a lot. Mm-hmm. And how like the doorknob that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anytime yeah. you see the color red, it's kind of like a little hinty hint, if you will, that the veil is thin at that time. And I thought yeah. that was really artistically done. I just love colors and like being representative of something in like movies or TV show. One of my favorite TV shows is Breaking Bad. Yeah, and they use colors throughout all of that—the purple and the greens and the blues and the yellows—and it just like conveys what that either that character is feeling or just how they think of themselves in that moment. It's just so good, Mm -hmm. and so whenever I see it in movies and TV shows, it's just like I love it so much. (laughs) Well, it's interesting at at this point, and I think. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit at the beginning, how they use very real, or at least real in my opinion, paranormal, um, like examples of things that would actually happen in paranormal experiences. So like we were talking about, like right, like the thermo- thermometer kind of being weird throughout the whole movie. And the other thing that I think is cool that they do is how these spirits kind of just find their way to Cole. They just sort of attach to him. And again, with both like right Malcolm and was it Kira? Um, Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. both don't seem to have known Cole. So they don't seem to have any real connection that would draw uh, them to him except that he has this gift and I think that's cool I I don't know about y'all but I think that's how spirits kind of work in real life and not just in movies too so if you can call a paranormal movie realistic I I thought it was realistic in that way <laughs> so there's like conflicting in real life paranormal stuff real um (laughs) it's conflicting on like the the temperature stuff so like some people say when it gets really hot that means it's a demonic entity right like I've heard that a lot Mm -hmm. in like ghost shows and that Mm -hmm. if it's really cold that just means that like there is a presence Mm -hmm. not necessarily bad but in this movie there are multiple instances of um Tony Collette or someone else trying to adjust the thermostat or just like a shot of the thermostat like mm-hmm. moving on its own and then the room getting super cold and you can always tell when you can see someone's breath that like shit's about to go down and hey and Cole's character tells Malcolm when they get mad it gets cold so that's kind of contradictory to what we I guess would describe the temperature indicators mm-hmm. being now so, yeah, I don't know. It's like we use temperature to indicate the presence, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I believe in that regard, but it's interesting. I will say that I 
both attended and was very deeply involved in a spiritualist church for quite a few years, which is something I could tell a lot of stories about. But it was always freezing in that place. And this is in Santa Barbara, which is a warm place. Um, And like, yes, it's morning time, so it's a little colder than usual. But I swear it was always so (laughs) cold in there. And I think it had to do with spirits. I think it had to do Mm -hmm. with this place where people come and are open to spirit. And so spirit kind of flocks there. And because they know that that people are open, right, they, they sort of are attracted to that energy again, like we were just kind of saying, and it was always cold in there. So I do think I do think that when spirit comes, it's cold. And I don't think cold is always a bad I don't think it's like a a negative energy. I think it can just be neutral or good. Um, But yeah, I, I definitely think cold is related to spirit for sure, in my opinion. I like to think that cold just means presence and not mm. bad and that hot is bad because I haven't actually encountered the extreme <laughs> heat out of nowhere <laughs> unexplained heat I think in the in the exorcist they also had it be like really cold in that room like to where it was like icebox temperatures like oh yeah. actually in the room that they mm-hmm. were in so even in that movie with like a very obviously evil spirit demon it was like super Mm -hmm. cold in there but obviously the exorcist is not like there wasn't a lot of like spiritualist stuff that was like anyway accurate that I don't think they actually relied on so it's also easier on film to um actually show the cold versus show the Mm -hmm. heat like Mm -hmm. visually so maybe that was just a choice like a visual choice yeah, In both I think cases, who knows. I think we'll probably get to this later, but I think it's that very last scene where Anna is sleeping on the couch um and there's like visibly cold air it mm-hmm. looks like coming out of her mouth. So that definitely I think was representative of that too. Yeah, yeah, that 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 moment contradicts the when it, yeah. the when they get mad it gets cold. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's yeah. just Maybe we should just chalk that up to being like Cole's limited understanding of what he's dealing with. And because he's scared of all of them at one point, eventually he's Mm -hmm. not scared anymore. But like at one point he's scared of every single Mm -hmm. encounter he has. Oh yeah. I mean, that's gotta be so jarring. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's his reason for saying like that it's bad. Hmm. Yeah, because he's nine yeah. years old and his brain ain't done cooking yeah. yet. So, <laughs> yeah, he he's only nine. He's got some time. Yeah, I would have been scared too if I could see dead people when I was nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyways, I can't remember where we were in the movie now, but <laughs> they if we just After finished the that funeral. funeral. Yeah. So when Cole and Malcolm talk for the last time. Um, Malcolm tells Cole that he's he wants to try to fix things with his wife. Um, and Cole suggests that he talk to Anna while she's sleeping because then she'll have no choice but to listen. Um, so before we get this last scene with Malcolm and Anna, we also get the scene of Cole um, in the car with his mother. And they're stuck in traffic because there's been an accident up ahead. And Cole is just kind of like, someone died up there. And she's like, oh, my God, you can you can see them. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, where? And he's like, she's standing right by my window. 
which is not what you want to hear your child say, really. Um, but they go on to have this conversation and Cole kind of tells his mom a little bit more about, about the secret that he's had. And he gives her some information about her mother. So his grandmother that he really just couldn't have known any other way. Um, he talks about how she's been stealing her bumblebee pendant that she really loves um, and misplacing it and hiding it, which is something ghosts love to do, as we know. Um, and he also tells her, kind of repeats this story about um, how when she was younger, she had a dance recital that she thought her mom didn't come to, but she did. Um, she hid in the back so that she wouldn't see her, but she was there to watch her dance and that she was beautiful. Um, and he says that she went to her grave and asked her mom a question. And the answer was every day. And he says, mom, what did you ask her? And she's, of course, in tears at this point, just like all of us are. And she says, do I make you proud? Uh, I love that. <laughs> it makes so me ball like she a baby. believes him. I know. It's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. And and yeah, so he, she's she believes him and she's accepted him is is what we get from from this scene. And I think it's so sweet. That's one of the moments where I was sobbing and I sent Amanda the voice <laughs> memo. It was the she wanted me to tell you she saw you dance quote for me. That's that sent me and then it, mm-hmm. I was just fully sobbing as it as it continued. And while Tony Collette was sobbing, it was just like, whoa. At the beginning, when he finally reveals that, like, I can see dead people, you can tell her she goes from, like, scared and freaked out to, like, accepting and realizing that, like, this could be something that's not super scary. You know, he's giving me this information that I otherwise would have never known. And kind of putting her almost at peace because you other times during the movie she they mentioned that she cries because she misses her so much mm-hmm. and there's just been some unresolved stuff and she's been grieving and now I feel like this was like a closure moment for her and that he can definitely do good and it's not just such a scary thing anymore and she kind of it goes from being terrified of like oh my god my kid's saying that he can see dead people to like oh my god, this is such a great gift that you have. So, Yeah, because the whole time I'm pretty certain, almost certain, that she suspects he's mentally ill, like he has schizophrenia or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. and that breaks her heart. She, she lo- You can just see, like when she's like, look at my face, I would never say that to you. Like she, she, She's the best fucking mom ever, and she loves her son more than anything and she just wants him to be okay and honestly oh I have chills that scene in the car it's like that's the moment where she realizes that he is he does have a gift like you said Taylor and she doesn't have to worry anymore about you know is my son okay mentally Mm -hmm. and that whole scene is like we all know Tony Collette is a, a queen that to me is one of the most moving scenes in cinema mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. She's a fucking badass. I love Tony Collette. <laughs> Have you seen United States of Terra? 
because that's her best work no. right there. I have, I feel I like I've seen it. an episode. I definitely know the premise. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, and I think I've seen an episode or two, but yeah. For those who don't know, it's, um, she plays a mother, a, a suburban mother who has dissociative identity disorder. So she has multiple personalities and she shifts in, in and out of them at any twist and turn. And she is absolutely iconic in this role. Where can I find this? Because essentially she's playing multiple different characters. Um, I don't know where it streams, but I I remember I watched it back in like 2014. I like binge watched the series. I'm going to have to find out. You need to watch it. Just saying. She's a a brilliant actress. Like we've all seen Hereditary, that one scene. (sighs) Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, She's so good. Yeah. yeah, Scream Queen. Certified. Yeah, so then we go into our very last scene. Um, Malcolm comes home and Anna is uh, sleeping on the couch, maybe kind of half asleep, but it seems like she's she's asleep. Um, she's watching their wedding video on the TV, which is just heartbreaking. And she starts kind of talking, maybe in her sleep or maybe, again, kind of half awake, asking why he left her. And he's kind of talking to her. And I think this is start sort of where it starts to become clear that, that she's not really answering him. She's just sort of talking. Um, so at this point, it still seems like they could be having a conversation, but we can kind of see that there's a disconnect. And this is, of course, where this big twist comes. And uh, she sort of turns over and something falls out of her hand and it rolls down underneath the couch and in front of his feet and he picks it up and it's his wedding ring and he looks at his hand realizes he's not wearing one and this is where he sort of starts to panic a little bit and he starts to have these flashbacks of things that Cole has said about how he talks to dead people who don't know they're dead and they walk among the living just like everyone else. And Malcolm has a flashback of that night with Vincent and being shot. And he ultimately ends up realizing that he did not survive that night. And this scene is so sad. Can I tell you the quote that broke me? Yeah. When he says to Anna, you were never second ever. And this is like before he like chooses to cross over. This is like one of the last things he says Mm -hmm. because he's like, I'm ready. I'm done. Like I did what I needed to do. I was crying for so long. And then like when he's laying there dying, like from the bullet, when he says it doesn't even hurt hurt anymore. Ah! It doesn't hurt anymore. (laughs) Not us crying in the stew yet again. God, there, there are so many quotes that I wrote down while I was watching it that like broke me like throughout like just I know the writing and the delivery was just chef's kiss honestly That's well and especially film. especially when you think about how that night that he died one of the last things that she would have said to him was how everything came second to his work including her so mm-hmm. that was probably one of the, if not the very last thing that she really said to him before he was killed, before he died. Um, and then it really starts to become apparent where that sort of unfinished business came in um, and why he needed that help from Cole to to move forward. And uh, 
is so sad and so good. So well written. Like you said, really, really good. Yeah. Oh my God. Another quote that broke me. Fuck. When Cole and Malcolm are speaking for the last time and Cole says, it's like after the recital Mm -hmm. and Cole says, maybe we can pretend like we're going to see each other tomorrow just for pretend. (laughs) And then he he says, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? It's so fucking sad. Why can't he get back to visit? (laughs) Right. Can I point out two two small things that I think might be symbolic? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. So Cole's last name is Seer. I want to say yeah, it's spelled S E A R, but it's like mm-hmm. a seer. Seer. Like he sees mm-hmm. spirits. He sees all. And then we talked about how in the beginning there's the whole chilling at home turned home invasion thing. But before even that, at the very beginning of the movie, when it says the sixth sense, you'll see a bulb and it starts very dim and it's dim for most of the time. And then suddenly it blossoms into full light. To me, that represents the enlightenment that Mm. Malcolm had when he realized, when he had this epiphany, oh shit, I'm literally dead. Yeah. I thought that was really yeah. well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was this was it's really, great. really good, you guys. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's basically the end. He tells her that he loves her and his, his spirit disappears. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was really good, you guys. I think it's very rare that a horror movie will like hit you in your feelings like that mm-hmm. um and this did such a good job of doing that and also still being horror I mean there were definitely scary moments um yeah this is a really really good movie I'm I'm really happy to have revisited it because I saw it in 1999 when I was nine and of course like when you're that young watching a movie like that, you don't really understand all of the nuances and the themes and you're just like, Oh, this is scary. Like, but watching it now and like connecting it to like humanity and our mortality Mm -hmm. and like just everything about that and all of our questions about the afterlife and spiritualism and Mm -hmm. just all of that. It's like, Oh my God. Oh, I was going to say, so how would you guys rate it, even though I kind of figured you already know, on a scale of, like, one to five? I'll give it a six yeah. skull. It, it goes over the top for me. It's more than five. It's a six. Give her a six. Yeah. I give it three sixes. Yeah, I would give it – yeah, I would give it a six or, or a solid five. I think we talk about a lot when we're sort of rating these movies, like what could have been done more to make it better, and there's nothing on this movie in my opinion. So I give it a perfect score. I was very impressed, and I'm very glad that I somehow managed to live under a rock my entire life and never know the twist because it made the experience so much better. And I am sorry, Amanda, that you had that experience stolen from you because it, yeah. <laughs> it was so, yeah, it really was. It made it much better. It's still my favorite horror film of all time and one of my top 10 yeah. films in general. It's just fucking beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful film. De- definitely a, a five, six 
all of it. It's just so good. I think like I like I've said before, I think I really like the movies that are like super terrifyingly scary that make me want to cry. This didn't have that, but it had everything else. And so like how could I not give it like a perfect score? It's just so good. It didn't make me cry because I was terrified, but it did make me cry because it was so like heartfelt and the story was so good. Like it's just great. Oh. Well, does anybody have any It's a 5. It's a bop. Um does anybody have <laughs> You're in. <laughs> You're in. Does anybody have any final thoughts? Uh let everybody know where they can find you and where when you publish, when to listen. We already know, but let them know. Yeah. Yes. So we are on mainly we post a lot on Instagram at speak of the devil pod. Uh we also do like we interchange our episodes so Kayla will pick one I'll pick one and then we do a poll on Instagram where everyone can vote so if you follow us there you can kind of have a say in what we watch Uh, we post episodes every Wednesday at 10 a.m you can also follow us on Twitter it's kind of my responsibility Twitter and I don't really I have nothing to say nothing goes on in my head (laughs) so but you can follow us on there too at speak devil pod Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show. I know it's been a long time coming, but here we are. I know. This is so fun. (laughs) Thanks again for coming on. And I reckon we'll be getting on yours to talk about the Winchester movie. Mm -hmm. I reckon 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 we're going to go on over to your Riverside and Mm -hmm. I'm going to change into my Winchester mystery house (gasps) t-shirt. Before you do that, Santa, before you do that. Just for the cameras, for the quote-unquote YouTube. We got our oh. merch. This is our Shook t-shirt. I'll stand up and show the back. Oh, yeah. We got to see the cover art. Just the back. Woo-hoo. Ooh. I love it. Live for it. Thank you. We're going to have to trade merch when you guys get yours in. I'll mail you all mm-hmm. some. Just mm-hmm. let me know like what sizes you want. Um. And on that note, we did just have a giveaway, and I just wanted to shout out Chandler, who won. Um, she's really awesome, and she also lives in California. So we're going to have uh, someone Woo. someone walking around these California streets, California streets, wearing <laughs> shook shirts. And I maybe maybe and we'll run into each other. That would be so fun. A little please. That would meet be, up. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yes, but yeah, so I'm probably going to – make merch available on patreon first so if you want a shirt and you didn't win the contest come on let's do it come on buy our shirts it'll help us go to um places that we want to go that are haunted and we're wanting to go to the bell witch cave in june and we're trying to raise funds for that and then we're also trying to raise funds to go to cryptid bash and possibly point pleasant okay we're in west virginia seriously if y'all can Come to Cryptid Bash. It's in West Virginia, August. I think uh, I want to say it's the nineteenth. It's all the way in West Virginia, but we'd love to hang out with y'all. Or we can just go meet up at the Winchester Mystery House. <laughs> Winchester Mystery House, please sponsor us. I've been trying to get sponsored by them ever since I did the three sixty tour in the first episode. I was like advertising the shit out of them. She really did. She really did. I still do. I reckon that's our show. Thanks for listening and uh kayla and taylor thank you for being on we will 
see you here in a few minutes, I bet. <laughs> Thanks for having us. This was so fun. Yay! Thank you for coming. Well, you'll have we'll have to do this again. Oh, definitely. Like yeah. the the movies, like the mm-hmm. the paranormal themed movies, because yeah, it's a vibe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I actually I really enjoyed watching this movie today and like taking notes and like really analyzing it, like because I don't usually like when I watch movies, I analyze things in my head, but I don't really take the time to be like, oh, like. Detailed. That was on purpose, yeah. Yeah, like really <laughs> looking at the meticulous details and the choices made and like, it's fun. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having Come us. This back. was fun. TTY soon on <laughs> your podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more. Until next time, stay shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form. Or you can send us an email at shookparanormalpod at gmail.com.